Dear friends, let's, let's pray together. How very precious is your capacious love to us, O God. And may all the children of the earth find refuge, refuge, refuge in the canopy of your wings. Amen. As we returned home from Indiana last week, I listened to last Sunday's service on my phone as we were rolling along on the Ohio Turnpike. And I found especially compelling a question that Pastor Elisa asked us in her sermon. Where do we need God's restoration in our world? in our community, in our families, and in our own souls. And you know, one of the wonderful things about listening to a service on your phone is that when you get to a moment like that, you can hit pause, right? And think about it for as many miles as you need. I felt that way after Chuck's story this morning. I wanted to hit pause and just Think about what he shared with us right at the end. So dear friends, this morning, where do we feel broken? Where do we need God's restoration? On the Ohio Turnpike, my mind traveled back through time over these past years to all the places that we have sometimes felt like jars of clay shattered on the ground. The shattering isolation and anxiety of the pandemic, amen? The shattering of relationships in our congregation four years ago. The rupturing Awareness, the shattering awareness of our planet's environmental crisis, of inequality, of racism, fragmentation in our larger Mennonite family. If you read Anabaptist World this past week, it really hit us. And of course, brokenness in our homes, our circles of relationship, our bodies, and our own souls. The dictionary tells us that restoration is bringing back something to its original condition. But friends, is that all we want? <laughs> is that all we really need? Is just for things to go back to the way they were? For God just to squeeze the toothpaste back into the tube? Is that all we want? It's not all I want. Or do we need our maker to take all the broken shards of our lives to carefully piece them together into something much more beautiful, much more whole than we ever were 
before. Our scriptures today are relentless in their conviction that nothing that is broken and shattered in our lives need ever stay that way. God is playing a very long game and nothing happens overnight. And the scope and the reach of God's intended restoration is nothing short of astonishing. All the nations, all things, all creation. And in verse 9 today, Isaiah says that the day is coming when the earth will be filled with the awareness, the knowledge of God's restoring love. And folks, during Advent, what we are doing is again remembering that the new and culminating chapter in God's restoration story is about to begin with the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem, a child so small. Dear friends, slow cooking through the whole Bible is God's vision of universal restoration. And I didn't make that up. Go to Acts 3.21. Universal restoration. The Bible tells us that God's love is bigger than anything in its way. To paraphrase you too. God's love is so irresistible, so capacious, so beautiful, will it eventually gather in and transform every single person in this world and in the next? In Isaiah 11, we enter a broken world 2,600 years ago, 600 years before Christ. And the shalom wholeness of God's beloved community has been shattered. Orphans are wandering in the streets. Widows are going hungry. Foreigners are being turned away. God's people are no longer tending to the connections that bind them together. Did you hear that? They don't care about the ties that bind them together anymore. Violence fills the land because resources are being hoarded by the few. It's a world very familiar to us. And here we see in this passage in Isaiah that inequality is inherently destabilizing. Greed is explosive. Racism is combustible. Exclusion is self-destructive. But Isaiah also gives us this shimmering vision 
of a world restored to God's intended wholeness. A green shoot growing out of the dead stump of Jesse. A wolf lying with a lamb. A leopard with a kid goat. And a lion with a calf. Let's just pause for a moment and take a look at the beautiful image that Hannah Sollenberger has drawn for us. The green shoot growing out of the dead stump. In Isaiah today, this green shoot morphs poetically into a child. Did you notice that? A child who is mentioned three times in our passage. In Advent, we let this passage express our yearning for the child, the restorer, soon to be born in Bethlehem. And in our Matthew reading, John the Baptist, I don't know how you feel about this guy. <laughs> he sometimes reminds me he's about as abrasive as those folks who stand out in Penn Square on Saturday morning, you know, shouting hellfire and damnation at us as we, we're just trying to wake up and get to our coffee in Central Market. And John's message is often filled with talk about vipers and axes and scorching fire. But still, many in Jerusalem go out to hear him. And you have to wonder if it's a relief finally to hear the truth from him about their broken lives. Because they happily confess their sins, happily splash into the Jordan River to be baptized by John. And notice, dear friends, that baptism, quite unlike circumcision, is a ritual that now includes the other half of the human race. Women. Women. John's call for them to repent is not a call for everyone to feel terrible about themselves, but for them to turn away, turn away from everything that separates them from God, from their neighbor, and from themselves. It's a call for them to align their lives more fully with the way things really are. God's deeper reality. And in Jesus, this vision will then come into laser focus. He will show us a world of connection and belonging for all people. A world where we will finally realize that cooperation, not violence, is our superpower. Cooperation not violence, is humanity's great superpower. Recently, I've been impacted 
by a quote in a book that one of you gave me by the author Victoria Lors. She's the co-founder of the Wild Church Network. And she writes this. Restoring relationship is the core mission of all of religion. The word religion at its roots means re again. Ligios, connection, like ligaments. Religion is meant to offer us support to connect again what has been torn apart and separated. To restore our connection with God, with each other, with ourselves, and with creation. To discover the interrelatedness of all things. But think about it. And all the th think about our world and the way that religions in our day are not bringing us together, but tearing us apart. Victoria Lors says that what the church has often created is disligion, not religion. Religion that is not a force for connection, but disconnection. And because of this, she says, more and more people are feeling like the world is better off without it. Right? And I have to wonder, is this why young people in America are leaving the church in droves? And since many of the people leaving the church still love Jesus, are they leaving the church in order to find the church? In Japan, there's an ancient art form called kintsugi, which means golden repair. Golden restoration. And nothing has more profoundly reshaped my understanding of God's restoration than how this art form works. Let's look at slide number one. When a treasured bowl is accidentally broken, every shattered piece is painstakingly found, searched for, collected, nothing, nothing is wasted. And then all the pieces are carefully glued back together with lacquer dusted with gold. In this way of restoration, the old breakage is actually embraced, becoming part of the new story of that object. Are you with me? Nothing is wasted. The damage, the scars are not hidden. The scars are not hidden. 
but are now traced and filled with seams of gold. And the result is something even more beautiful, even more vulnerable, even more whole. Let's look at slide two. Friends, think for a moment about what happened to the broken, shattered body of our Lord Jesus Christ. On Easter morning, don't we see God's kintsugi restoration at work? The wounds of Jesus are not erased or hidden away. Instead, Thomas is invited actually to touch them. These are the precious places where the pain of humanity has become the pain of God. God's restoration is never turning back the, the, the clock, dear friends. Instead, God lovingly embraces our flaws, integrates our brokenness, transforming us into communities and people that are even more beautiful, even more vulnerable, even more whole than we ever were before. Amen.